Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Hi, and welcome to the Marketing Essentials Podcast. Our unique team helps small businesses grow by providing essential marketing expertise. Hello, and welcome to the Marketing Essentials Podcast. My name is Bill Parmentier of W. Parmentier Photography. I'm Justin Kerr of Justin Kerr Design. And I'm Alicia Piazza with Custom Marketing Solutions. And together we make up the Marketing Marketing Essentials Essentials team. team. Hi, and welcome to the Marketing Essentials Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about cause marketing. In this new era of social responsibility, what you don't do can cost you. Cause marketing is now the norm, and customers who visit your website and see your advertising want to know that you share their desire to make the world a better place by supporting an important cause. That's from Entrepreneur Magazine. Now, who's the audience for cause marketing? Well, among the audience are millennials and they are the largest demographic coming up behind the baby boomers. And they've quickly become the most culturally influential and economically powerful segment of the population. According to the Huffington Post, 61% of millennials are worried about the state of the world and feel personally responsible to make a difference. Millennials care about authenticity, experiences over material wealth, and are looking for ways to join in with social change. So today on the podcast, we want to talk about cause marketing, but we want to do it in an authentic way. And we think the best way to do this is through story. So we've invited three small business owners to talk about the ways they are reaching beyond selling a product or a service and connecting with the community around them. All right. I'm going to do a quick intro for each, and then they can share a little bit more about themselves. So a different style format today, really good stuff, and three unique stories. So first we have... Adam Rizzo, who is owner of 1-800-WATER-DAMAGE out of Cranston, Rhode Island. And then we have Kara Daniello of Four Echoes, which is located in Seekonk, Massachusetts. And we have Stephen Hippolito, who is owner of Silver City Limousine, based out of Taunton, Massachusetts. So I'm going to give you guys the floor, and we'll start with Adam to just give us your quick intro and share a little bit about yourself. Sure. So again, it's Adam Rizzo with 1-800-WATER-DAMAGE. We provide 24-7 emergency response to your water, fire, and mold-related disasters. So it's been raining like crazy the last few weeks, a lot of flooded basements, things like that. Uh, People call us to come out and help them deal with their water intrusion issues so that it doesn't grow into mold. And then if it does, then we're there to help them on the backside to clean their house and properly decontaminate. Hi, I'm Cara Daniello of Four Echoes Vintage Shop in Seekonk, Massachusetts. And Four Echoes was created to be an income generator so that our church, Stone Coast Community Church, would have additional funds to make an impact in our community. My name is Stephen Hippolito. I'm the owner of Silver City Limousine. I opened up about two years ago. We provide airport transportation, corporate night outs, we have sedans, SUVs, and limousines. All right. Awesome. So, Justin, do you want to open up here and kind of lead the, uh, the discussion? Because we have three, like I said, very unique stories. Really, they're all awesome. So do you want to kind of intro in? Absolutely. So we're going to start with uh, Adam Rizzo with 1-800-WATER-DAMAGE. And uh, Adam, uh, I know we had a previous conversation, and you are just involved in all sorts of things. 
primarily, you know, through your company, you've done restoration and disaster relief down in southwestern Florida. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. So tell us just a little bit about your company's involvement with that and how that works. So after a major storm that comes through, devastates an area, we see it on the news a lot. Insurance companies that we work with here in Rhode Island will ask us to go down to these devastated areas to work with uh, their customers because we have a great relationship with them here and they need a trusted source down there. And what we're really trying to do is block out the people who prey on victims of natural disasters and try to take advantage of them. So we're down there to represent ourselves and, and the company, but also represent their insurance company and provide them with you know quality service and at the same service level that they expect here. So tell me a little bit more about the these predators that operate in these in these disaster areas. How does that? What do they do? How do they do it? Well, a lot of times they'll go down. They'll uh, ask for a deposit up front, uh, make promises that they don't have any intention on delivering on, and really they're there to steal uh, and take advantage of people that are in a bad situation. And how do they, I mean, they look like legit businesses, I guess. They can, yes, right. So they can, rep- I mean, you know, a business card and, you know, a name on the truck and that that's really all it takes, unfortunately. But we're there, they get, con- the customers get contacted by their insurance company that we are the ones that will be coming. Mm-hmm. So there's some uh, validity there so that they know. And then, of course, you know, they can look us up and we're, you know, a legitimate organization. Yeah. Well, I'm really glad you guys are down there as a legitimate business and, hopefully uh, staving off some of these predators. And now when you go down, you guys are completely self-contained, right? You have to bring everything with you. The first response, you have to be self-contained. You have to, uh, we're there to help and not kind of take uh, more resources away from people. So you need gasoline, you need water, you need shelter, you need food. So you kind of go down there bare bones a little bit. So the company provides fuel cells, the company provides shelter, the company provides some resources for us. And then once things come back online, power's restored, gasoline is coming back into the area, then, you know, we need to re-up. And so we're there to, you know, okay. we, we use the, the businesses around us and we purchase from them too. So Terrific. Now, a little bit more close to home, I'd like to, to talk a little bit about something that you did recently through the Veterans Administration. Yes, so I have a contact at the Veterans Administration uh, in the town that I live in, and they reached out to me that they had a disabled vet who was in a really bad situation, and the state had come in and uh, taken her children away from her because of the living conditions of her apartment. Uh, We went in and saw the state was well within their right to to do this, and so uh, we provided all the labor and material to completely uh, declutter and clean uh, her, her apartment. Uh, she was in a hoarding situation. Okay, so is that that's from the PTSD she developed uh, the hoarding? Right, so the, the diagnosis was that uh, she had developed the, the hoarding from the, the, from the um, PTSD. PTSD, yeah, yeah. thanks, yeah. Justin. No yeah. problem, <laughs> I'm here for you. Yeah, so we went in, decluttered the apartment, and then uh, washed that apartment from ceiling to floor, shampooed the carpets, cleaned out the fridge, stove, everything. And then uh, we've got a reinspection from the state uh, while we were still there, and they deemed it you know, safe for the kids to come back, and so the, the kids were allowed to come back 
I think it was only 48 hours. Still, still a traumatic two days. Sure. But we were able to turn it around that fast. So. Oh, that's fantastic. So, so did they reach out to you, Adam, for that cause? How did you come across that situation? So a friend and neighbor is also a vet and very involved in the Veterans Association, knows that this is within my wheelhouse of work that I do. They don't have or they have limited resources. So they, you know, asked, you know, what I would be willing to do it for. And so we donated our, our time and efforts to, to the cause. That's great. Now, just before we started recording this podcast, you said, hey, I just got a new opportunity to you know, be involved in the community and do something very similar to what you just described. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So a f- good friend of mine reached out. Uh, they are opening an opioid addiction treatment center. It's a nonprofit. And the, the space that they have is a little dated and, and a little dingy. So she asked if we could help out to help make the space a little bit more comfortable for the patients. So uh, we're donating all the carpet cleaning and all of the upholstery cleaning for, for the house. So every bit of that house will get cleaned down. And then we're going to go in and do all the, the couches and chairs and carpets and things like that just to make it a little bit more uh, welcoming. Was it a clinic previously or is this like a repurposed uh, building? To be honest, I'm not sure this. I just got the phone call over the weekend, so uh, I haven't even seen the space. I know approximate square footages and things like that, but, you know, it's a, it's a close friend and willing to help out, so it really didn't matter what it was. Well, that's, uh, I appreciate you sharing those stories with us, and I, I think now we should yeah. bring so, our attention. Go ahead, Alicia. <laughs> I just want to say, like, one of the things we didn't say in the intro and what I'm hoping that the listeners can gather from today is that you see these larger companies out there that are cutting, you know, millions of dollars for donations and, and funding things. And our point today is you can be a local business and you can give back. You can find ways outside the box, whether it's your time, whether it's starting with one person, you can make a difference. And I think overall that's going, that will make a difference for your business because people like to do business with businesses that give back, that have a greater meaning, that make an impact. So I'm hoping today that the stories that we hear will give our listeners ideas and things that will help them understand how they can start giving back to the community. So, Excellent point. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, that was excellent. So now we'll turn the floor over to Kara Daniello. And Kara, why don't you tell us a little bit about how Four Echoes came to be and your involvement? Because it's we've talked before, and I think it's a fascinating story about how this all came together. So give us a little backstory. Great, thanks. So as I said briefly in the intro, I represent Stone Coast Community Church in Warren, Rhode Island, and um, we were challenging ourselves with creative ways to generate additional income so that we could do more in our community. And so we initially started off with the idea of a more traditional uh, church thrift store, if you will. Our uh, original space fell through. We showed up to sign the lease and it fell through on that morning. So that was disappointing and surprising. Um, And so our Quest continued to find, you know, a spot to do this. And so we approached a local business, Vinnie's Antiques Center in um, Seekonk, Massachusetts. It was a thriving antique center for 25 years and walked in and asked if they were interested in selling the business, to which they said no. (laughs) And so we set up a meeting with the owner and 
shared our vision a little. And five minutes later, he said, I'll sell it to you. And so it started from there. What was interesting is our original model of thrift store kind of got shifted pretty quickly. So we had no idea how a vendor group shop worked, but essentially what it is is uh, various vendors who sell used merchandise, antiques, vintage goods and such, rent space from the business. And so uh, when we were asking questions about how it worked, they said this: uh, these individuals rent, rent this space. And so we looked down this row of showcases and when started doing the math yeah ka-ching 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 holy moly our model just shifted and so we were no longer just looking at being a thrift store that receives donations but using a thriving business to be uh, that income and so our income now comes from the vendors who rent space from us and sales from our own donated items and so uh, we're able to use those proceeds to, to fund our community outreach programs. Wow. Now, being a church, mm-hmm. you know, the traditional model, church thrift store, you know, mm-hmm. it's all donation-based, and mm-hmm. then, you know, you take the proceeds and you put it into a charitable fund or something sure. like that. This is a little more complex than that. So how is this all working for Stone Coast Community Church? Yeah, it is uh, a fascinating process. We actually went through three accounting firms who... We're afraid to even touch it because it's fairly complicated um, because the income, for example, from the rental, from the leases is taxable. So that's unrelated business income. And so income coming in from our sales is that's tax exempt. And so it's a fairly complicated equation, if you will. So we take um, really, uh, really very intentional about how we're using our space in what square footage we're taking up for rentals, what square footage for donations, because it all also feeds into our nonprofit status in the town. So it's it's a fairly complex uh, model, but one we have not been able to find anywhere else. And you know, I love that we've taken this thriving local business and have transformed it into a nonprofit that is really catching on in the community because people who, in, you know, have been shopping there for the past 25 years are walking in and now feel a sense of cause behind what they're doing, even though each individual sale doesn't uh, doesn't go into those, the profit, obviously the, the vendors make their own profits, but um, they're still part of our mission. So... It's been a it's been an interesting sort of merge of two very uh, fruitful business models. Yeah, that's really cool. Now, when we talked before, we talked a little bit about your why. Mm-hmm. You know, why you were doing this, mm-hmm. and you explained to me that your why for doing this expanded as mm-hmm. you got involved in the vendor based model sure. of business versus what you originally thought. So right. maybe you could tell me a little bit about that. Sure, yeah. We were very clear with why we existed and what we were trying to do. And so it was a pretty simple equation going into this was sell items and turn money over into our community, right? So that the good that we were doing was out in the community. And it didn't take us long before we recognized that that our community is also the people who walk through the doors, both the customers and the vendors and businesses that we can partner with. And so we were kind of, I, don't, I wouldn't say, well, I guess we were surprised by it. It sort of took us off guard a little. Um, but the opportunities that we have 
of, you know, folks walking through the doors hundreds of times a day to love on others and really be that good to others, not just the money that we're putting into our, you know, into our programs. And so we're building relationships with, with, you know, the vendors that are um, trusting us and being and partnering with us. We're building relationships with customers, and we're also bringing in other local businesses and organizations and partnering with them to for this you know for this end. So, for example, we're working with local high schools to bring in students for community service. Most of our uh, team is a volunteer work team, and so we have a small staff of uh, four or five folks part-time that work for very little money, <laughs> but um, are... Um, Same as we do. We work for very little yes. money. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, most of our team is a volunteer team, so we have about uh, three to 400 hours of volunteerism every month just to make the make the store, you know, happen the day-to-day to process donations and to do projects in and outside the building to make all that happen. And that doesn't include any of the programming that we are involved in, you know, outside of that. That's just for the shop. Wow, that's like really mm-hmm. far-reaching. So it, you started mm-hmm. on, you know, with one idea and then it just kind of it evolved as mm-hmm. you went. And I just want to say that anybody who's interested in learning more about these businesses and using these businesses or... Uh, learning about them, we're going to post all the links and all the information so that you can definitely check them out online. And if you have some free time and you want to volunteer, then you can find Kara to do that. (laughs) Um, And then also, Kara, so what would you say if if, uh, another organization wanted to do something like this? Is, Mm -hmm. Is it something you would recommend, this new type of setup that you guys for? Absolutely. I think what um, what limits us in what we do out in our communities or in our businesses is really a, a small vision, right? And so when we can start to think outside of the box and explore other avenues, then, you know, your vision can really expand with that. And so we don't want to be, you know, as a church, for example, you can, you only get in so much income from tithing. And we have a very generous church and we do a lot, you know, with that, but we didn't want to be limited by that. And so when you can start to really think outside the box and be creative with what that looks like, then your impact can be even greater. That's terrific. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Very unique. It's it's something that you don't, I mean, you don't hear a setup Mm -hmm. like that often. So, Mm -hmm. and I, I love Vinny's antique, so I will make sure to go back again. Well, that fantastic. You guys are there, so. <laughs> We'd love to hear that. Yeah. All right. Giving Steve um, from Silver City Limousine the floor now. If you and so quick uh, side note, uh, Steve's video. He's going to share more about it, um, his story. But he's viral, <laughs> technically. I guess speaking, you're viral now, Steve. I think so. <laughs> All I, right. I do, we do we need like to explain what that is? Because it sounds like he needs medication. <laughs> um, yeah, so he's viral in like the internet sense of the word where uh, Steve's going to share more about his story and a video was done on social media about his story and he's at 1.7 million views right now, correct? That is correct, yes. Oh, yeah. It may be higher today. I have not checked. We'll check after <laughs> this, but I'll so, ask I myself. But go I'm ahead, Steven. Steve. I'm I'm with the limousines, uh, Silver City Limousine. And I was on Facebook one day, and I saw a parent in a closed Facebook group mention um, she was looking for transportation from her home in Bridgewater all the way to the Children's Hospital in Boston. And she was just asking about, like, train routes, bus routes. But I recognized the address from being a child and having to, 
you know, have some appointments at the children's hospital. So I reached out to her. I offered her uh, free transportation for her and her daughter to go to the children's hospital. And when I met them and I drove them in, you know, the little girl was in the back giggling all the way, you know, mm-hmm. she kind of forgot where she was going for one hour, you know, and I dropped her off. And um, when she came back to the car, you could tell it was a sad situation. And the mother and I were just talking and um, I decided to just continue this and do all our transportation for her. And since then, we're going on uh, about a year and a half now of driving her back and forth. She had a major surgery and she's doing very good. Um, She's actually painless now. She's walking, she's running around, she's got a lot of PT ahead of her, and um, she's she's really a strong girl. She's like a superhero. Yeah. I think that's a good intro to it. And so, Steve, her name is Mary Alice, correct? And she's yes. nine? She's nine now. Okay. So when we were talking before the podcast, you told us a little bit about um, when you pull up into the driveway and she calls you, she has a special name for you, right? Oh, she calls me her uh, fairy godfather. <laughs> yeah. right, with a limo. Uh, guardian angel, <laughs> yeah. guardian angel. Okay. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and um, so she's been in stretch limousine. She's been in SUV. She's been always chauffeured to all of her doctor's appointments. She makes it a point to tell her doctors that she's riding in a limousine and she has a driver outside ready and waiting for her. That's awesome. Um, she'll... Has her Starbucks sometimes, you know. <laughs> she's uh, pretty sassy. She's good. She's, you know, quick with the tongue. Um, we need to get her a personal assistant that she can go in with, too. I, I think she's going to end up with one someday, I'm we sure, need to get you her know. On this podcast. Oh, she, <laughs> she would. probably would be good. She yeah. had school today. I should have checked with her mother. She does let her skip school for this type of stuff. But the mother had taken to a closed Facebook group and mentioned a story just to tell the people of the community who did know about her daughter. And um, the news stations all picked up on this because ultimately they're in these little closed groups as well, monitoring the locals. And um, one day I had Ted Daniels calling me, and I'm like, yeah, right, this isn't you, you know. (laughs) And uh, I made him prove it. He proved it. And um, they did a, a little video with me, with her, and... They had put it on Fox 25. I mean, I've been on all the news. I, today, we probably have like 1.7, 1.8 million followers on this one post. Now, when you saw this mom post in the group and you reached out to her to give her that one ride, you weren't. were you thinking this is going to do anything for my business? This I'm doing this. Why? I just did it to be kind. I didn't go into it thinking... I was going to go viral to say I never once thought about that. Uh, When I met the little girl, it reminded me of a situation that my mother went through when we were younger, driving me back and forth to the hospital. So it just felt good being able to help her. It, It didn't take much for me to help her. It was an easy way of me helping her, and it was a big burden to the mother of driving back and forth. I mean, their car is not the greatest. It's not something we would want to be driven back and forth to Boston in. Wow. I I believe when you started doing this, you were told that this was not a good business move because your business was new. Oh, yes. I'm told by other people that pretty much my mentors that I should back away from this and this is just too big for my company to handle. Yeah. What do they think now? 
Uh, definitely much different. Um, <laughs> yeah. They're actually trying to help me as well. Like, hey, if you need a hand, we'll drive her in too. So they're trying to get their hands in on this. Um, they thought it would just be too much. There have been times where I've um, pushed other jobs just to bring this little girl back and forth. I have never charged them anything. I've never received the gratuity. It's been offered, um, never taken up. This is just something that I plan to continue to do until we see it out, you know. Um, I mean, it's just a ride to and from, you know, their home to the doctor's appointments, but it's a big burden off just the Just a ride, yeah. yeah. I, okay. <laughs> wow, that would be a really yeah. good name for, like, a nonprofit, Just a Ride, where we could have donors, fun people to give little girls and boys rides to them. That's amazing, They Steve. do have stuff yeah. like that. But they're looking for people on a much larger scale. Yeah. So, and then also, um, you were saying, so you helped Mary Alice, and her mom shared the video. It went viral. The news station started picking up. Now, Mary Alice actually got some extra attention. So not only, and I want to let you talk about that. So not only did she get this ride from you and help getting to the hospital and feeling like a princess in the limo and stuff, but people started to pay attention to her. Oh, people are following her big time. Stonehill College signed her up. She's on a field hockey team. She can go swim in there. She has like a group of mentors. They just bring her around everywhere. The whole family they have taken in. So their their youngest son is on the, well, yeah, the youngest son is on the autism spectrum as well. So it's not easy for this mother by any means, but she really makes the best of it. And um, you could tell. But these schools have stepped up. There's been country clubs who have offered their assistance. There are a lot of local places. We had a benefit uh, probably about a month ago where we came up with about you know $3,000 worth of prizes to raffle off. A restaurant in Rehoboth opened their doors and said, feel free to use our space. That's M&D Kitchen in Rehoboth. A lot of people, I mean, I go out, people give me stuff. There's a a woman in East Bridgewater who makes these kindness blankets. She's Lady Gaga's actually has one. So she really went international with this. And she reached out to me and gave me a bunch of blankets. And we've given them to Mary. And Mary's handed them out. It's really been a, a fun ride with this. Um, my phones, company-wise. That was a good pun, too. Bill will appreciate the Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, company-wise, now, my phones haven't stopped. I got companies um, that I haven't heard of, but have heard of me calling me from all over the United States to give me some work. I got people who faithfully use other car services who called me and said, I love the story. I'm going to use your service. And they have. I had people just mail me money for the little girl to continue to make sure she can drive, uh, get her rides to and from. Right. Yeah, I think it's what goes back to what we talked about at the beginning of the podcast is that, you know, authenticity. People want to be part of something. They want to feel like they're contributing to something bigger than themselves. And they want to be part of something where they feel like it can make a difference. You know, they can change the world. And it's, you know, one story at a time, one person at a time. Like you were talking about, Adam, you know, just helping this woman out, uh, this this uh, vet, you know, who was suffering from PTSD. And it's like, hey, I can help this one person out. You know, and then this opportunity that just came up with the the opioid clinic, you know, and sometimes it seems like, like you were saying, uh, Steve, it's it seems like a small thing, 
but you impact so many lives as a result of doing just one thing. That's so true. You know? Um, so I think this, you know, just underscores what we were talking about in regards to cause marketing. And, you know, you don't do it because you want the publicity. That's you right. do it because this is the right thing to do, you know, and I want to make a difference in somebody else's life. But it does become part of your brand. It becomes part of how you operate, and it's how people come to know you. And like you were saying, Steve, people find out about this, and they just want to contribute. They just want to give in some way because they like knowing that they've made a difference. I have people share on my Facebook page all over the United States just hoping I get a job, you know, it's because they're happy at what I did. It was real genuine. I did not go into it thinking I was going to get a ton of clientele. I didn't know that she was going to write in a closed Facebook group that the news media would pick up. Mm-hmm. In fact, when I realized when I was viral, probably half a dozen of my friends already knew about this. <laughs> I was uh, working. <laughs> and when I, so I came home to all of this and, um, you know, I was shocked when it was at like 50,000 people uh, to see that it's, you know, 1.7, 1.8 million. I wanted Kara, I wanted to give you an opportunity to share a little bit about a story that you shared with me mm-hmm. about uh, Paul, mm-hmm. one of the vendors uh, at Four Echoes. And, you know, we were talking about sort of changing people's minds, you know, one story at a time. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to let you take it over from there. Sure. It's actually a customer and has been shopping or had been shopping at, with the previous owners for many, many years. His wife is a, a dealer, and so they're in that world, if you will. And so... He made it clear when he came in that he didn't like us and didn't like change, and and that's okay. We we that's, still that's just being a New Englander, right? Yeah. We We're just so loved here. on him anyway, and um, you know he certainly met us with trepidation and just a, a curious sort of approach of who we are and what we're doing and uh, what's the catch. And I think that's what he was waiting for. And so you know he had a lot of questions about who we are and who, you know, who our church is and what we're doing and and why. And and so it just has opened up a lot of great dialogue. And I think what he and many of our customers and vendors are recognizing is that uh, there is no catch. We're here to just love on people. And, you know, we have a good cause behind us and good good team of people to to back it up and and so we've just been building a relationship with this gentleman and and many others and just helping them to see a, a bigger picture of how they can be part of something bigger like you were saying and what what I love about what Steve is sharing is the opportunities that he is creating for other businesses to think outside that box you know and the same with Adam just your the motive is not to go viral or any right. it's just simply to love on others and and that catches on and so what i love about that is all of these other businesses are sort of there it it expands their vision and how they can be part of that so it's really it's just it's it's neat to see that unfold with such in such a genuine way and such authenticity you know that it will that love just prevails and and to watch it unfold is pretty cool I have a question, and we can just, you know, go through each one of you and what you would say. If and Kara already started to touch on this, but if um, if there's other businesses out there that want to get involved, how can they find opportunities, or what's the best way to be true to your business and your mission? How did you want to start, Adam, and share kind of like how you found your opportunities and why why you went forward? And 
I would say if there's another business out there that wants to get involved uh, like this, I think they just need to keep their eyes and ears open. Those, those opportunities are all around you all mm-hmm. the time. And they present themselves in different ways. Sometimes it's somebody picking up the phone or sometimes it's a Facebook page or sometimes it's, you know, reinventing your your idea. Mm -hmm. But it's always around you. And if you want to get involved, it's really easy. Just you got to pay attention. Mm -hmm. I love it. What would you say, Steve? You saw this oh, one, one mom and you Yeah, I did it, see so. this on a closed Facebook group. As far as other companies reaching out, I have a gentleman in town. He runs a mission outreach program. And I follow him day to day. I look to see what he needs. He might need mittens one day. He might need socks or something. And we'll get a bunch of us together and we'll try and get these things. I mean, we're not doing anything like mind-blowing, but we're putting together some money being able to give back. Most recently, um, we're doing some uh, donations for Christmas trees for people who just can't afford a Christmas tree. There's a place in Taunton that allows them to take in donations so they can donate the tree themselves. So if there's a family who's less fortunate, they can just go there and collect the tree like you or I would Mm -hmm. without anyone really knowing that they're taking on a donation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and just to sort of piggyback what, what Adam was saying, I think the opportunities are out there, right? And so so businesses don't need to get super creative, but just really listening to the needs of their customers and of of their community because those opportunities will present themselves. And so whether or not we're willing to take that risk and and step out is is the question. I think there are also a lot of opportunities. So a lot of corporations actually help their employees by supporting and giving them paid time to to do community service or you know take the day off and go do help a local business, um, and so I just had a conversation with the the bank where we do our our business banking, and she mentioned that as well that they have you know community service time that they give their employees, and they ask them you know so they're going to be partnering with us and come on in and and help processing donations and doing some painting around the place and. So, so it's really just about making those connections with other businesses and, and seizing the opportunities that are in front of us. Yeah, and you brought up a good point about the corporations. I used to work for a company that did do that day off. I think it was like up to like 16 hours throughout the year, mm-hmm. um, paid time off, not against your vacation time, to mm-hmm. give back. And so that's something bigger companies can do sure. as well, and I encourage that. And when I moved jobs and I was in the corporate world and the second place didn't offer that, it was kind of... It's disappointed. Mm-hmm. Like it's a morale builder for the company overall. Mm-hmm. So, I think there are also, you know, there are a lot of individuals who are already doing these things out there, right? So there may be folks on your on your staff, for example, that are already doing great things in their community, and and really tuning into that so that you can help partner with that and help to forward their cause and really just attach a cause to the businesses that are already existing. I love that. Well, I really appreciate all of you guys coming to sit with us today and talk about you know, how you've gotten involved beyond your business and your involvement in the community. These are some great stories uh, here today. And like uh, Alicia said, we're going to make sure that we put uh, links in our show notes to each one of your businesses, and we can even do it to your Facebook page. Or, uh, yeah, we'll even link the video, too. Yeah, we'll link the video too as well. Get so, some more viral hits. Yeah. <laughs> I just peaked that at 1.8. Mary, Mary Alice, you got to check her out. She's a really cool girl. <laughs> nice. <laughs>
I guess it's is it time for our shameless promotion? It is. Okay. It is. It's that same time we have every uh, podcast episode, right. you know. So if you want to hear more podcasts like this, you can find us on marketingessentialsteam.com, which is our website. There's a podcast page there with all of our previously published podcasts. That is correct. And you also have an opportunity when you go there to subscribe to the podcast. And if you subscribe to the podcast... What do you get? You, well, I'm going to tell you what you get. You get an email every week to let you know that a new episode has been published. And you also... But wait, there's more. But wait, there's more. You also get access to bonus content. Some of our podcasts uh, have bonus content, um, little help guides or little checklists yes. um, that expand on the content in that particular episode. And if you subscribe, you'll get access to the page where all of those live. So you can download mm -hmm. them and help your business. Mm -hmm. And we also have on Facebook, we have the Little Roading Marketing Group for marketing professionals that just want a sounding board to be able to uh, support each other. Right. Business owners, marketing, right. marketing groups, uh, pretty much allow just about everybody in there that has a business or deals with business in some way. It is solely towards marketing challenges, but... Uh, Right. It is a private group, so if you do want to join it, you do have to ask to be accepted. We have a couple of quick questions you have to get by to get in. and Yeah, but they're pretty easy. So. Yeah, they're pretty easy, and then um, uh, Alicia, our gatekeeper, lets them in afterwards, right? Right. So <laughs> the group currently has over 120 members in Correct. it. Um, a lot of small business owners, a lot of uh, marketing professionals, Correct. but it's a great place to come and ask a question or just learn more about how to better and more effectively market your business. Mm -hmm. And if you want to find out a little bit more about what we're doing... We also have the uh, Marketing Essentials team Facebook page. You can also that's right. Join us there. So I think that's all of our shameless plugs. Yeah, I think we're good for now. So you want to you take us out? Until next time, thank you for uh, listening.